to be honest, uh, we was kind of discouraged at first because um, we wouldn't visit like a fertility clinic. Yeah, we went like, to a fertility doctor. Clinic, a doctor. And she, yeah, and she basically told us that you know you guys are going to need help. You know, um, you know your wife can't have a kid by herself. You know she has some fertility issues, and I just kept saying like I don't. You know, I'm saying, not saying I don't believe in that, but I think God is always going, you know, he's going to make a way no matter what. Like, it's always going to be his time. Welcome back to the Purpose Producer Podcast. This is the place where we celebrate people who are using their gifts to help others reach their destiny. I'm your host, Georgia Dawkins, and I'm here to remind you that sometimes the gift you use to help position others is your story. My guests today know all about the power of the testimony. In 2018, Dwayne and Talia Parker went viral after sharing the news that they had closed on their first house. While millions saw their photo shoot in their orange and green t-shirts outside their new home, it is the testimonies that they continue to share that make their ministry so unique. Last year, when Dwayne and Talia told me they were planning to start a family, I was ecstatic. As a college friend, I have seen their relationship develop at every stage, but this chapter just felt different. As they shared their goals for 2019, I noticed that Talia already had a glow, and there was something different about Dwayne too. Little did I know, God was already performing a miracle before our very eyes. Uh, you know, I was doing my executive master's in cybersecurity at Brown, and the way the program is formatted, I have to fly out to Providence and, and be there Sunday to Sunday, literally, uh, like I think seven seven to eight times throughout the program. And so I actually was out there doing my residential session when I found out I was pregnant, getting ready to present my thesis. And I was so sick because I had uh, traveled from training at Nike out in Portland, flew from Portland straight to Providence to present my thesis for my last residential week. And I thought I was jet lagged until one day I nearly just passed out, you know, in, in class. And so I decided to go home. So let's go back to February because I already knew in January something was up. I knew when I, it was just something about your, um, your countenance. You said that. <laughs> it was, it was a, I don't know if it was the glow or the spark. It was something. And you were, it was so funny because you were telling me about your other baby you were telling me about the coffee shop, you know, <laughs> and yeah. you were you were lighting up over the joy of planning that and that strategy. And Parker was That's taking care of everybody and feeding us and whatnot. And you guys were already yeah. operating in those roles. You were already operating yeah. in those roles, even for your friends. Oh, man. I'm so glad you mentioned that because I completely forgot about we did the uh, vision board. Yeah, that, that was the vision board party that we had in January, right before yeah. I went, which is also crazy because, so yeah, the coffee shop planning was going to be my thing all 2019. And then it was like, uh, uh, we, we put that we wanted a baby on our, <laughs> on our vision board. You know, and I was thinking, you know, we were going to start trying but at the vision board party, I was already pregnant. Yep. That's the, I was already <laughs> pregnant. Here we are riding on the floor. We're going to start trying to get pregnant. And, you know, I, I was already pregnant. And, you know, that's a whole other story by itself. 
you know, it's God is truly good. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, we were writing out all these goals like we do every year for the year. And this 2019 took its own, God was in complete control. Right. You know, it's like we wrote all these things we wanted to happen. And then God was like, <laughs> I got my own plan for you guys. And so uh, I think, was it my graduation that came first? So I think it was my graduation that came first in May. Um, so I walked the stage at, at Brown, but in March in the hot sun at five months pregnant. And I know they were asking me, well, do you want to sit out? You know, do you want to just not, you know, participate and just mail your diploma? No, <laughs> no, we, we're, we're going to walk. <laughs> Five months pregnant, uh, we're, we're going to walk. Um, and we did the May and then the June, uh, yeah, Parker graduated in June, um, with his, so he, he's been pursuing his doctor of chiropractic degree. His master's of athletic training and his master's of sports injury management. And so he, he's completed both of his master's programs and he's halfway through his doctor chiropractic program. So he walked in June for the master's. Um, he was like, no, I don't really want to walk. You know, I'm still in progress. I said, no, we're going to celebrate these accomplishments, you know? And so we both. Uh, we, and then we had our agenda reveal in July. So it was literally back to back. Every month was something to, to celebrate as we prepared for her, her arrival in September. To be honest, uh, we was kind of discouraged at first because, um, we went to visit like a fertility clinic. Yeah, I think. we went like, to a fertility doctor. Not a clinic, but a doctor. In and she, yeah, and she basically told us that, you know, you guys are going to need help, you know, um, you know, your wife can't have a kid by herself, you know, she has some fertility issues, and I just kept saying, like, I don't, you know, I'm saying, not saying I don't believe in that, but I think God is always going, you know, he's going to make a wave no matter what, like, it's always going to be his time. And it's, and it's so important to write out the things that you want, because it's been a few, a few times we've said, oh, you know, we want to have a baby, but we've never actually wrote it out, like, we want to have a baby and I realized that every year it's so important for us to write out our goals because there's something happens when you write it you know and um you write it and make it plain and you know God, she was already here you know the doctor told me my tubes were blocked you know she said I would have to do IVF because you know they we did a number of tests and she said just there's just no way for that to to happen and Sure enough, December of 2019, uh, 2018, it happened. I remember when uh, I came back and I told him that we were pregnant because I was still in, in uh, Providence, so I wanted to wait until I got back to tell him. And so when I, I arrived and I and I told him that I, I was pregnant at the airport, he said, uh, how? How, in the world? how? How did this happen? The doctor said, are you sure? And I said, well, we have a doctor's appointment tomorrow, so we are going to find out. And so for him, he spiraled because he went from finding out that we were pregnant to being to the doctor's office and then hearing her heartbeat. And I cried. Like, I cried. I, I cannot explain that feeling just going in. Because, you know, I, I'm already thinking, okay, maybe it's not a good pregnancy, you know, because the doctor said this. And, you know, and one of my friends, she had just had a, a property, uh pregnancy. And I, and so I was scared and so to hear the heartbeat, I'm like, what does this mean? 
And he was like, it means you have a good pregnancy. The baby is measuring right where it's supposed to be and everything looks good. And I just bawled. He probably thought something was wrong with me there at the doctor's office. But in that moment, I just felt God's goodness, his, his faithfulness, his, he's so gracious, you know, and, um, it was truly, truly a blessing. Like I, I can't get enough of this story because I remember you <laughs> called us all over. All of the most of the people yeah. who were at Vision Board night, <laughs> yeah, the first week of January, <laughs> and then we come back what two months later, maybe two was right. like February or March, and you sit us all down, like yeah. And uh, I wanted you guys to be the first because you know you guys were there when we rolled on the Vision Board, uh, but not everyone knew of my fertility challenges so um it meant so much to have you guys there like my core group of folks and just share like this is look at how good god is you know look at how faithful he is Mark, i want to ask you like what does it mean to you to one be married to your purpose partner to being a be a man of faith and to be a man of faith during this season oh man that's a good question um being married to Sam. What I call it, Chan, Talia. Uh, like I said, it it has you know it gets good and it's bad. Like he definitely challenges me a lot in um, a lot of aspects of life. And as a man, I had to grow a lot faster than I thought I would with anyone else because she's always doing something. She's always you know on a mission to do something new, and it challenged me to you know sit back and watch her grow. And not feel like competition, but just kind of like level up, you know, kind of like make myself, put myself in a different light. So I had to just keep reaching my goals and keep trying to inspire to be better because she was always going to grow and I never wanted to stop that for her. I love that you found (laughs) each other. I love that you've been best friends 11 years or, you know, married six now, right? This is year six. Yes, this month is six. Yes. I love that so much because I've watched both of you grow. I mean, we were on the hill together, but, you know, everybody on the hill. (laughs) Everybody's on the hill. But I'm so grateful that in our adulthood, we've been able to to grow closer as friends and and believers, you know. And I just, I love your faith, Parker. Yeah, man. Um, Like I said, it it gets hard sometimes, but, like, she's a great partner because she also makes me feel like, I can do whatever I put my mind to. So although she's reaching a lot of goals and she's conquering everything, she always makes me feel like, you know what, you're Superman too. Like, you know, I'm not doing this by myself. And I go back to that vision board party because that year I wrote down that this is the year of celebration for me. You know, like, I was like, I'm not playing this game no more if I'm not going to win, you know? So this year was like big for me to like, I'm going to get some wins. I'm going to start finishing some things and I'm going to not be in the back seat so much. So when, you know, she told me she was pregnant, I'm like, what? <laughs> like, you know, God, this, this has got to be a win. You know, like, this is crazy. And then when it happened, it was just like, everything just started falling into place. Like, like she said, I graduated twice. I didn't even think about walking. Like, I didn't even think about celebrating because I'm like, you know, I always used to being behind my wife as in pushing her to, you know, be in the limelight because she's always doing something like if it's not dope wild, it's a new job, it's a, it's a new career, it's something she's doing. And I'm always the one behind the scenes, like setting up everything and making sure everybody else is good. 
this. But this year, she was like, no, let's see what you can do. And, you know, mm-hmm. she really challenged me to, you know, step out and do things that I wanted to do this year. And it manifested. Everything just started falling into place. Like, mm-hmm. I have a beautiful daughter. I have a family. And then, you know, I just get new opportunities every week. Like, it's, it's just, it's been crazy for me, you know? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I just appreciate it, man. And God really had to show me that being a man, you don't have to always put your wife, you know, beside, like, sometimes you got to learn how to leave from behind, you know, like, learn how to put her first and show her, like, okay, this is what I'm looking for in a spouse or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it always comes back to you a hundredfold. Like, mm-hmm. I do things that people are probably come to my house and they be like, what, you do that? You the man, you're not supposed to do that. I'm like, man, I'm a leader. Like, I do what I think needs to be done. I think God really challenged me in that area because I never knew that's what it took to be a husband mm-hmm. until I met her, you know, until this season, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Gender roles completely go up the window with us. Well, for most things. There's something. <laughs> He's still a little old school in some areas, but for the most part, like, gender roles are... Yeah, it's just balance. It's just balance. If something needs to be done, whoever can get to it first gets it done. Right. And I want to set a great example for this little one because she watches everything. She's watching you right now. She is watching you right now. She has not right. taken her <laughs> eyes off daddy. <laughs> Uh, but I want to talk about dope wives for a second because it was in your marriage that you saw this need for millennial wives and you created what I I believe is a ministry. Tell her again. Tell her again. So she don't want to see. She want to put it down. Like, what? Oh, you. So I, I, not that I want to put it down. I think I'm in transition because my roles have evolved, right? So and that's something I'm praying on right now. Like, what God, God, what do you want it to look like? But originally, we got married in 2014. And when we got married, a, a few of our other friends got married around the same time, too. But then um, we realized folks were divorcing before they even reached one year of marriage. And, and, and that kind of scared us. And even some couples who did everything right, you know, the whole you know, counseling and, you know, the, the whole marriage. way before marriage to do X, Y, Z. Like, you know, folks who did everything by the book, and it, it still wasn't working out for them. And so, uh, and then I realized no one was really talking about it. You know, you kind of grew up in a culture where whatever happens at home, stay at home. Yeah. And so it's like, well, where, where does that leave room for community? Um, you know, if you have no one to talk to, no one to hold you accountable and check you if, you know, you need kind of you know fall back a bit on some of your your beliefs and um and so i I didn't have that so i created it um i created it and i started blogging and i invited some of my friends to share their stories on on the website and before i knew it like so many women gravitated to to dope wives and then you know they were in other cities and they were like how can you know we have a community like this because we're leaving in atlanta I was always planning events and meetups and, you know, gatherings at the house um, with the wives and the husbands and, you know, we'll share on social media. And before we knew it, we had communities in like six different cities, you know, in Fort Lauderdale, Orlando, D.C., uh, you know, um, on the West Coast. Uh, it was just fabulous. It was like all these different communities that started popping up for dope wives. And then, I started hosting annual <clears throat> retreats that would allow us the opportunity to get together. We did a self-care retreat out in the cabin. And so yeah. it was always such a blessing. Um, 
you know, it had its challenges because, you know, we were always financially supporting the wives from out of our pocket. And, you know, there's a challenge with monetizing your business and things like that. But it was such a powerful ministry and we were able to form a lot of wonderful relationships with friends who became family. And we had that accountability, you know, when you know that you're not the only one going through certain challenges, it changed things, um, you know? So speaking of accountability, um, People think don't drop is for to bless everyone else, which it was, but it also blessed our marriage because it changed the way we communicated, the way we did everything. We always knew that we had like a certain amount of people that was always holding us accountable, always watching us and making sure like, hey, you know, how y'all gonna leave this if y'all can't even get it right yourself, you know? So it always challenged us to, you know, do the extra mile to, you know, try to get things right. So if we had problems in our marriage, we always had to check ourselves, like, you know what? Mm-hmm. Is this what we want to promote? Or is this what we're trying to, you know, show everybody that this is how healthy marriage is supposed to be? So it kind of blessed us in the season because we were struggling ourselves when those wild started. Mm-hmm. It was always like, we didn't know how to communicate. We didn't know how to argue. Mm-hmm. We didn't know how to, uh, you know, just beat up for each other. Like, I didn't know how to cater to her emotional needs. Or I didn't know. Like, I it was, was like two lines in the jungle. Right. It's like, oh, you mad? Oh, well, I'm mad too. And yeah. it was like, we felt justified in our anger, yeah. but no one wanted to give in and we had to learn to choose our battles. Between marriage, faith, and fertility struggles, the Parkers have endured intense seasons of growth, but it's what they've learned in their quiet time with God that has stretched them the most. Stay tuned for part two of our interview on the next episode of the Purpose Producer Podcast. My prayer for everyone listening to this episode is that you continue to stand strong in your faith while God is completing his perfect work within you. Do not be distracted by the things happening around you. God's promise is still true. Be sure to follow us at The Purpose Producer on all social media platforms. And as always, thank you for being a light on my path to purpose.